wheat volatility is riding high. And the cattle price won't slide. We wonder what's going to happen next. Smart money's buying sheep. Your advice comes pretty cheap. Why don't you ask what we can do? Just the two of us. Making podcasts on the fly. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. You and you I. And I. The only problem is now we don't have anyone, Andrew, to do the intro. Well, that's, could, a pro- that's, a pro- that's a problem now. So now we're going to have to just jump into no intro and just carry on from here. Yeah, so we'll just we- leave it a bit more of a gap, a bit more of a gap at the start. Just If it's just silence, it'll just be that's because we're waiting for <laughs> someone to do the guest. So just a quick market update, just the yep. two of us. We could mm-hmm. have just, just sang. That's the intro, the singing. Yeah, this thing that, that works. That works Just for me. The two of, us. two of us. We can make it if we oh but making podcasts on the fly, isn't it? If we're getting the, the lyrics. Oh yeah, jeez. They're just you're just not terrible. Singing well, uh, it's just the two of us now, but it'll it'll be just the one of us shortly. Yeah, well, I think we're we're all deserve a holiday every now and then. And <laughs> a, a working holiday. So well, I'm just hopeful you'll make it back in one piece, you know. If you don't get Kidnapped from the strange countries you're about to visit. Oh, that's strange. That's a bit. That's a bit ignorant to say that. But a bit of South and Central America. Uh, mm-hmm. And let's be honest. I wasn't supposed to be going tomorrow. I was supposed to be going next week. That's true. Thanks uh, to the U.S. government that you've had to go earlier. Uh, because I'm on. Oh, I'm not on a watch list. I just want to confirm. I'm not on a watch list. I'm just not allowed to get a visa without going to the embassy for an interview. Hmm for supporting terrorism. <laughs> that, that, that trip to North Korea was obviously caused a bit of a kerfuffle. That's it. That's what happens when you support terrorist you know, regimes. Face terrorist regimes, you get it's what my dad used to say, if you hang around with dogs, Andrew, you catch fleas. I've heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> right, oh let's let's do a quick market update before I hit the road. Yep. Or go to the airport. What's Martin? Yeah, that well, that's uh, that was one of the, uh, I guess, uh, categories that performed poorly from the start of the year. Mutton pricing got a bit hammered late last year and continued on with some weak pricing at the start of this year. But this week, we've actually seen it regain some some lost ground. Um, we're just under four hundred cents a kilo now um, for, for mutton, so it's a reasonable bounce, and that's probably the main the main category uh, of any real um, MLA reported livestock category that, that saw a reasonable jump. Um, I think part of that, well, part of the sell-off last year, I think, was just that China went right off the boil with their demand for mutton exports in the last quarter. They really fell away. And you, if you look at the trend of overall mutton exports, I mean, we know 40% or so goes to China. When they had all those issues still trying to battle zero policy COVID and shutdowns and whatnot, I think it started to impact their demand. Um, but if you look now to the data for this for January, they've actually had a massive January for, for demand out of China for mutton products. It's January, it's, not, January not usually a quiet month for exports into China. Yeah, it, I mean, because of it, lunar, or, lunar New Year, typically slows everything down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so, and I mean, if you look at January across the board, whether it's beef exports or lamb exports or whatever, it's always relatively slow start. But um, for for this January just gone to China specifically for mutton, it was the strongest January on record going back as far as we can go back. So, you know, something like twenty seven percent above the normal January numbers. So 
big rebound. And I think part of what we're seeing now with regards to, you know, that we know that mutton's one of those products. I mean, 95% of it, I think, goes overseas, right? So it's very responsive to export demand. And, so, you, and obviously- so, so, so you could say mutton demand in China was ballooning. Okay, I'm trying to think what the joke is there. Mutton demand in China is ballooning. It's ballooning. Fuck you don't watch you don't keep up with current affairs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 there's been another one shot down just this this week, isn't there? Over Alaska. Yeah, I thought the Canadians had a crack at one as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad headline. Actually, I might I might use that later on. There you go. China. Uh, China's ballooning. Mm. Imports. Yeah, and look, so mutton, yeah, mutton exports big jump, nearly thirty percent above normal levels for January, and I think that's part of what's supporting that market. But the other thing um, I, I just want to touch on is probably the beef exports. We um, we've had the strongest kind of start for South Korea as well since twenty fourteen, uh, and China's still kind of hanging in there um, with a reasonably good start to the year. Um, so you know, it's. Um, it's not as strong as what, you know, it's not up at the average levels, but it's the strongest we've seen an opening for beef exports probably in two or three years. Um, so that kind of bodes well. And if we've got, you know, production increasing uh, as MLA are forecasting, more, more product available, uh, cheaper pricing as well. If we just notice that um, our heavy steer price now has gone back to the discount we'd normally see, uh you know, historically, so and, and that's part of because the US pricing's you know increased so much in the last quarter of last year. So we're kind of becoming more competitive again. Got more product again. So I think that'll change the dynamic of what we've been seeing for export flows of beef for this year. Start it'll start to pick up. So more US. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out. You know, and when they, I mean, they're still they're still they're still liquidating at the moment, but so, so they'll refuse people visas. But they'll take our beef. They'll take our beef. Maybe if you wrapped yourself up like, a, was it Katy Perry that went to a, or no, it was Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Just, she oh. wore a beef outfit. Maybe if you wrapped bacon. yourself up. Bacon. And, she was bacon, was she not? Was it? Okay. Never mind. Well, well you, you could try it. Just wrap yourself up in beef product and see if you can get in that way. Let's try my best. I'm not, I'm not supporting the US government until they give me a visa. I'm not going to give them my hard-earned tourism dollars. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's a quick update for markets. Uh, I think we could, I mean, we have we have seen the beef market, obviously, that started week this year in terms of pricing, domestic pricing, but it seems to have found a bit of a base at the moment. It hasn't really rallied just yet, but I, I suspect that, you know, given what's happening globally and, and what's happening locally, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, the pricing for, for cattle and any associated kind of... Uh, so yeah, pricing across the categories to to kind of start to grind a bit higher, especially now we're seeing, um, you know, still still rains in, in Queensland and whatnot. So you had this tropical kind of event that's been blowing some rain in uh, from the coast. So I think that's going to give a bit of support to the market as well. And and we're we're, we're at levels globally that we're un- I think we're undervalued. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some support creep in. But that's pretty much it for livestock. What about your grain space? Mate? What, Exciting. What, what, what about processor margins? Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's I have good. actually. Yeah. Because we haven't done that since September. I know you've looked at it. Correct. Um, every time we put something out on processor margins, we always get 
you know, kind of queries around the, the dollar per head figure, um, which is an, a bit annoying because it's, it's, it is really a theoretical model, but I think people just look at the dollar per head figure and just say that's what all the processes are. It's an average of what the processes are making or not making. So just to move away from that focus on the dollar per head, we're, we're going to actually put it up this week as an index, so a profitability index, which just gives you, a, you know, so then it, it puts that focus back on the, what the trend is and how they're performing, you know, based on an index rather than an absolute figure. So they're still in the red, but we have seen last quarter of 2022 with in line with some of those domestic prices coming off for, for the cattle going into the processes that actually has improved their picture somewhat. They're still... But if, but if it's going to be an uptick in demand out of the US if there's a re rebuild, mm -hmm. that was the last time the process margin was really strong. That, that's that, right. That, but that was combined with drought though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's still a potential. But if you look at the, the, the profitability index versus slaughter, the you know as an annual basis you can kind of compare the two and it's got a it's got a um, r squared or a correlation between the profitability of process and and the domestic slaughter around 0.72 so it's quite strong mm -hmm. that suggests that as we increase slaughter that the process will start to make more money which which kind of makes sense we've got more more animals coming through the system at potentially lower pricing um uh you know and and if the offshore values hold up, which we think they will, then, you know, we're looking like we're going to move into a more profitable situation for processes. Maybe not necessarily this year if, if slaughter stays below. I think MLO got slaughter pegged at 7.2 million head or something like that. It probably needs to get up above 7.5 million head to start to become a bit profit, bit more profitable. Well, that's, uh, that's, of... that's, that's what I was going to ask about is thing with numbers. Mm -hmm. Flock numbers, not flock, herd numbers. Mm. It seems to be a bit of contention about those MLA numbers. I read and listened to some reports in the news. What's what's the go there? There's always there's, I mean, if you remember back last year, there was another analyst. There's one analyst that came out recently and said the numbers are too light. Uh, it was last year. Someone was saying that they were way too low, and now and the analyst for this year has come out saying they're too high. So. So, yeah, um, I don't think the likes of ABS and MLA can't take a trick at the moment because they're, they're kind of in the middle on their on their figures. And um, it's, like, it's like the Air Bears crop report in September. It always comes mm -hmm. out and then there's always a big frost a week afterwards and everyone says, oh, those numbers are rubbish because of this frost that happened after the numbers were released. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those ones. We, I mean, we don't, we don't personally forecast those uh, supply measures like like the herd size and part of the reason why i don't do that is because you know two-man team like us and we don't have the ability to survey uh you know producers see what their intentions are um and we don't have access to you know thousands and thousands of uh you know analysts that crunch numbers day in day out like abs and mla have it's not quantity it's quality yeah well that's true as well but it's uh you know i tend to i tend to you know yeah I'm not. I'm not that. I guess. Um, bothered. Well, it's not so much bothered, but like you've got a you've got an organisation, respected organisation, both like ABS and MLA. Uh, I think you've got to take at face value that they know what they're doing, uh, and that they're and that they're you know using quite robust statistical measures to calculate out these things and. 
Um, so I'm happy to take their figures, uh, you know, as what they're saying uh, as a good representation. Um, short of, you know, if there can be someone out there that could prove that they can do a better job as a one-man band, I, I just don't see how, how someone could, could suggest that necessarily when you've got all those resources behind you. It's a bit like those... Um, Remember those weather people, Andrew, that that claim that they can predict the weather. Some strawberry farmers that can predict the weather better than the Bureau of Meteorology that has this supercomputer at their disposal and all these staff. Um, I, I just can't imagine how you could have one individual that um, looks at a few charts or something and then and then thinks that they can get a better accuracy. Mm. Yeah. Right. Oh. Well, we shall see. We'll see. Well. We'll see what's that because then eventually you find out whether it was accurate or not anyway over time. Well, but then, but but I mean, technically speaking, you know, the the ABS as they kind of crunch their numbers after the event, you know, they'll have they'll have a figure that they come up with as well, which is sometimes different to MLAs. But I guess it go does it go back to the the argument around the process of margin model or the or the profitability index now we're using. Um, is it more about the trend? I mean, obviously they're not counting every single head of cattle. It's, it's an estimate. Mm-hmm. So whether whether it's an estimate and they're out by hundred thousand or one million or whatever, as long as they're consistent with their esti- yeah, if they're consistent with their estimations, then to me, tra- what's it, more important the is the trend, trend. Is your friends? Mm, that's it. Not the absolute. We're never going to be exactly down to the last animal, are we? So. Let's not let's not split hairs and just look at the trend. I think is more important. Let's not count your chickens before they come home to roost. Mm. So there you go. You've tried to drop me in this shit there, but I, I think I managed to diplomatically avoid it. <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> grains is that boring time of the year just now? Nothing going on. Oh, there's bits and pieces going on, but that's why I can sort of I can take a few days away from the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the bit, the only big thing at the moment is Argentina. It's in massive amount of drought, so they won the World Cup, but they didn't. They, whilst they were concentrating on football, they've forgotten to actually have some rain. Mm-hmm. So they're a bit stuffed. I think it's probably one of the worst droughts they've had. But the market's all but priced that in now, and I think you know it's a waiting game to see what's happening with the Northern Hemisphere. Some good signs out of Europe, uh, US. We'll we'll see as it comes closer. Uh, the big question is, is like another 40 odd days or something till the next round of, or until this current export uh, pathway is up for a renegotiation out of Ukraine. So I do expect there'll be some funny business out of Russia over the next month. You know, pro- I wouldn't be surprised if we see an attack on a grain silo in the next month, probably the week before the renewal of this uh, this agreement. So I think that's going to be the, the number one sort of factor. Uh, still repeat again, I did a, talked on ABC about it maybe a week or so ago. It's just this fact that the Ukrainian crop's going to be lower, mm. but the Russian's crop's going to be lower, and that is still really to play in uh, towards the middle of this year. You've mentioned that, we, we, we presented a few times, and you may have mentioned that too, that, that you felt that um, the tightness of supply that was seen last year well, there's no may... tightness no yeah. last year but are you, are you thinking we're going to see it this year possibly and but it mm. all depends what happens in the rest of the world because i still look at it as being prices are pretty high around the world for wheat mm. and so do people farmers in france decide to plant more um us wherever else 
do we see bigger numbers? That Ukraine, it's going to be hard for them to plant more spring crop because of just finances. But it's a big world out there, mm. and and we shall see. Uh, so if that high, high price is attracting people to 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 kind of produce that particular product, then it will be a cure for the high price. A bit like what's happening in the fertilizer possibly, space, possibly. And that's what we're seeing in fertilizer at the moment. Is fertilizer mm. starting to come back down because demand's starting to come under a lot of pressure, and so I think it's yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting because. Fertilizer prices have been smashed in the last month or so. Global ones, not local ones. Well, I can't tell you that because there's no transparent available pricing on that. So it could be, it could not be. Why, why surely, we surely we have to wait until the, the the stocks that are in the country that were purchased at higher prices they have to be cleared before the I'm fertilizer not, importers I'm can. Not, I'm not going to fall into this trap. You know, I don't want to get in trouble from. <laughs> I don't want to get any phone calls from irate fertilizer importers telling me off for talking about pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of months. I think the other thing as well is still think there's been a bit of talk in recent weeks about, you know, recovery in the economy. Yeah. I'm still not hundred percent sure on that one. I'm not sold on it. I think there's still, you know, just if you look at the sort of the cost of everything now, there has to be some sort of, reduction in demand of consumer goods. Like even anecdotally, there's a lot of stock in shops that's not getting sold. You know, I was I was doing my fashion shopping yesterday. And we well, we went shopping, didn't we? In Maya. We did actually, yeah. We bought you that lovely gay pride uh Hawaiian shirt. That I that I wore at the Agribusiness Australia Royal Press Club event that and didn't then, go it didn't go unnoticed. And then to a nightclub afterwards, where that's it, true. It didn't go unnoticed there either. No, that's true. That's true. I was very, very, very popular with some of the men there. <laughs> um, and the yeah, but but if you look in that mire, a huge amount of clearance racks because stuff is not. Mm. Sold. I know it's only. I'm talking anecdotal, and it's probably bullshit. But I do think we're still in for a bit of economic wars in the next year, uh, which which could have a. A bit of an impact on on ags, especially if it's impacts, you know, demand for fuel and that sort of U.S. spring summer road tripping period. Mm. So we shall see. Yeah, well, we had another interest rate rise as well, and the RBA is still saying potentially two, two, two more, two good. more to come. Good. So good, good. Hope so. Mm-hmm. I'm all cashed up with no debt, so good. Go up to ten. I'm looking forward to it being seventeen percent. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be um, that'd be hard going for a lot of people out there that haven't seen you know, interest rates at uh, above five percent as a cash rate. It's been a while, so won't be a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Right. The uh, oh, what was the other thing I was going to say? We do have an announcement coming up. Big announcement around. We can't see the, the podcast. Around the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Big, we might big, wait. Wait. Well, wait. Wait. I'm not going to mention, but big, big news. Yep. So, could see us moving to a different level of podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might even become professional. <laughs> I doubt it. Don't think that that'll ever happen. Nah. Right. Oh well. That's pretty much it. Diesel. Oh, yeah, diesel's but- expensive as well. Uh, but I'll be in South America for the next couple of weeks and Central America. I've been watching mm-hmm. narc. I've been watching narcos. So been practicing up on your Spanish. 
So uh, dos cerveza por favor. That's the only problem is I don't know how to order one beer. I only know how to order two, so I'm going to have to order two at a time, which yeah. is not really an issue, I guess. It's meant to be fairly good pricing for beer in South America, I suspect. Buenos dias, mamacita. Well, you have a safe trip. Um, we are going to hear from you while you're over there, I think, aren't we? Yeah. Special yeah. on the ground. Look, it's nice to get a bit of on the ground reporting what's going on in South America. I might, might go visit some coke farms. Mm-hmm. Some coca. We see some coca leaves getting grown. Maybe a, maybe a meth lab. Mm-hmm. Take some because we've been to we've been to factory recently, black pudding factory. Maybe I'll go to a crystal meth factory in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I won't be reporting from the US because they won't give me a visa. <laughs> but, uh, but our friends in the Guatemalan embassy uh, giving us Guatemalan, straight away Guatemalan yeah, red, visa, red carpet access, red carpet limousine, everything. You know, we're all yep. sorted for that. So. Right-o. All right. We'll, we'll Have a safe trip, and, um, yeah, we'll close it off, and we'll see you when you got nothing on, Andrew. Catch you in a bit. Bye.